Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Hello, this is Adam Carswell, the host of Dream Chasers, and you're tuned in to the How Do They Do It Real Estate Podcast. If you like this show, first of all, you have phenomenal taste. Second of all, if you want to listen to another next level show like this, just click our link in the description and smash that subscribe button. It would be an honor for us to enrich your mind, body, and soul as well. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today, our guest is Thomas Sutton, and he's a dad to four wonderful kids, a husband, has a dog named Ziva, and a 20-year veteran of the U.S. Army, and he has over 20 years in the construction trades, and he just loves to learn and teach. So Thomas, thank you so much for coming on the show today, and again, thank you for your service. Well, you are welcome, and thank you for having me. So Tom, can you give us a little bit more of an insight into your background and how you got into real estate? Oh, goodness. How far back do we want to go? Um, <laughs> my grandfather owned a heavy equipment company. So he did like all the utilities, the roads, the sewer lines, the power lines, that type of stuff. And so I grew up kind of on that side of real estate. And then my dad, when I was younger, you know, he worked a warehouse job, but then decided to start a restaurant and two years made it profitable, sold it. And started a construction company because he saw a great need. So he kind of filled that. And so I was probably 10 or 12 when I started in the construction trades with the family business. And it's just growing from there. And one time I saw an inspector come around. Back then, home inspectors and uh, commercial property inspectors weren't really around a lot. Or, you know, there weren't that many of them. Saw that and I was like, oh, that's cool. But between being in the military and construction, either construction would take off or the military would deploy me and stuff. So that got put on the back burner. And when I'd come home from the military, I'd work in the family construction business. And so always, you know, my dad's company did everything from the ground up. So I'd done everything from knocking trees down and kind of helping lay out the roads to putting the last shingle on a house and everything in between. Got it. So, you know, it's interesting because when you have a family member who is in like the construction business or like some type of business growing up around your parents doing that job, you can either go two ways, right? It's either you completely go the opposite direction of what they're currently working on, or you go into it even further and you develop it even further. So for you, it sounded like you were really interested in what he was doing with the construction business. What was it about it that you know you saw and that made it interesting to you? I think the satisfaction on people's faces, because it was a very interesting business model my dad had, and I don't think we could have planned it out even if we tried. It seemed like a third of the business came from like new construction. A third of it came from doing like a lot of remodeling, handyman type stuff. And then a third of it came out of the manufactured homes industry. And I don't think that we could sit down and plan it out to be that almost that perfect, but it seemed like that's what it was. 
And but then putting a new home together and seeing somebody move in and being satisfied with the work or putting an addition on or fixing fixing a problem for somebody and, and them being happy that you know whatever it was is not bothering them anymore. It was just great satisfaction to see people happy with the end product. So did you always know you were going to go back into the construction business, the construction trades, or even though you joined the U.S. Army at that time, did you also know that eventually that's what you wanted to do full time was go back into construction? I'm going to blow your mind. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. The family business was cool. Family business was there, meaning I wouldn't have to start at ground zero at other locations and or another business or whatnot. But even for a while, I even left the family business and went to work for an oil company that owned a chain of convenience stores and gas stations. And I started there as a overnight cashier. And within six months, I was an operations manager for them and went around to fix their broken stores, so to speak. Then I tried other corporate jobs, but I always kept getting tugged back into the family business, construction trades and stuff. And I don't know, maybe it's something I was supposed to do. And now as being the on the inspector side of things, I'm just approaching it from a different angle. Got it. No, it's interesting because we spend a lot of time figuring out what we want to do. A lot of people, I think on one of the other, when I was talking to another guest the other day and we were saying that, you know, you go to school and you're already expected to know exactly what you want to be when you grow up. But a lot of times it's not necessarily the case, right? We're still trying to figure out what we want to do when we grow up in life. I mean, even today, sometimes people are older and they're still trying to figure out what they want to do in life. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've even done that. And I think that's why I started this business, the inspection business uh, back in 2018 was because I finally was like, you know what? I need to just not look back in life and say, well, what if I did this or what if I did that? I should have done this or I should have done that. So if anything, it's scary as all get up, walking away from a W-2 job, but just do it. You can always go back to the W-2 job. We can all go down to Home Depot or we can go to Menards or Lowe's or Edward Jones or wherever and get a job. That's the easy part. The hard part is finally saying yes to your dream and saying, hey, I want to own my own business or I want to invest in real estate. I want to have multifamily. Oh, I want to have that office building downtown. Sometimes you just got to just jump. So what helped you hone in on what you wanted to focus on? I think my wife. I had told her the story of wanting to be you know, a home inspector, residential on the residential side of things. And all of a sudden in my email and stuff, these ads came up and I, so I took the class but then in the class, they introduced me to commercial building inspections. I was like, oh, so I started learning more about that and getting certified to do that as well. Something just clicked. It was just like, oh, okay, yes, this is what I, I want to do. I want to help people either find their house of their dreams or a house for right now, or on the commercial side of things, that office building or the multifamily that they want to invest in. I want people to understand what they're getting for their investment. So when you made that pivot, what was the most difficult part of starting up and creating an entirely new business on what you're now focused on and interested in? 
hmm, the hardest part. Uh, believe it or not, it was starting. It was sitting down at the computer, going to, there's a website out there called How to Create an LLC, and they take you for your state through how to start a business and get an LLC. You know, getting your tax ID number, doing all that stuff, doing all the back office stuff, and then coming up with a name. And so it was it was the part of getting started that was the hardest. That first step was the hardest one to take. Got it. And so after you started and you got your started building up your business, and especially in today's market, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that, especially within real estate right now, we're seeing the market, the competitiveness within the market starting to go up. People are putting in offers really quickly. And so from you, from an inspection standpoint, what are some of the things that you focus on that really can make or break a deal as they're looking at and evaluating like different commercial properties? On the commercial side of things, let's say just for conversation that you hired me to inspect the building downtown, you and I would have have talked about it is you want out of the inspection. And then I would go and and do that. But the big things that you want to focus on, and a lot of people don't, or they may say, oh yeah, the parking lot's there. But a parking lot is a huge investment depending on how many spots you have. I mean, if you got like five or six spots, it's not a huge deal. But if you're like the Mall of America that has hundreds of outdoor park, you know, that hundreds of outdoor parking spaces, plus all those multiple parking garages, you're going to be very concerned about the parking. Same thing with the HVAC. So you're looking at the big stuff, but then it's also, okay, what does the client want? What do you want me to focus on in this inspection? I'm going to look at the whole thing, but on the areas that you pointed out, or you know, especially on the commercial side of things, you can say, all I want you to look at is the roof, the HVAC, and the elevators, the vertical transport stuff. And that's what I would do and put in the report that this is what you're paying for. This is what I inspected. And we did not inspect this other stuff. And then you would have, there'd be a signed document from you and I in there stating that. So it's client-based, but I also like to kind of just walk through the entire space. Even if you say, just focus on a few things, just to give you an overall picture of what I see visually. So what are some of the areas where people tend to overlook or to not put as much emphasis as they should as they're doing inspections? You said that like um you know the customers is telling you focus on these specific areas but maybe they're not as you know they don't have that experience to actually see exactly what's the key areas where you should be inspecting a little bit more. So for you, from your experience, what has been kind of like some of those areas where they've maybe overlooked? A lot of it is fire safety, vertical transport, the elevator or the escalator, or, and sometimes, you know, the parking, the parking area, the parking lot or the parking garage and a ton of stuff that goes into each one of these. Cause we're looking at overall, we're looking at like grading and does the, slope away from the building. And so, but fire safety, sadly, lately in the news, it seems to, that seems to be the one that's been overlooked quite a bit. So it's, but it's stuff like that ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act. When I do an inspection, I do a basic one that's included in, in, the, in the property condition assessment for the, the, the properties. 
if you wanted a full blown one for whatever reason, then, you know, that's an additional fee that's put into the contract and all that. But it's so it's stuff like that it seems to be the especially in fire safety. It's more than just going around and testing the button to make sure the emergency lights light up. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Got it. And so... Now that you're in the inspector space, how do you see the difference between what you're focused on now versus when you were doing, when you're focused on like the construction side of things? Like what is the key difference there for you? I'm not having to swing a hammer. It's different because, you know, I'm not there seeing the building, whether it's commercial or residential being erected or having a process, being a part of that process. As an inspector, I come with that knowledge, and so it gives me spots to look at and places to kind of pull back the curtain, so to speak, to look inside things a little bit more because I was on the other side knowing how they were put together. So it's, and I know building things have changed a bit. So, you know, you got to keep up with your reading and keep up with your continuing education type stuff, but it's, you know, it's that part of that lifelong learning just kind of helps me focus from an inspector standpoint saying, okay, yeah, this is, this is okay. Even though somebody may look at it and go, Oh my God, that's horrible. And be like, no, it's okay. And here's why. So it kind of helps me, you know, keep that level head and not put too much emphasis on stuff that doesn't need it. You know, kind of be like that. Oh, run for the Hills type thing versus, Hey, here's what it is. Here's why. And yes, this is why we need to bring out the expert witness, the structural engineer guy, the HVAC guy, because of this and this. So it helps me to be able to explain that a lot better to the end user, the client. And typically, do you see that with your recommendations that people are following up on them or are there some things, you know, it's kind of like at their discretion and then they'll pick and choose? I've seen both. But then I've also kind of, after an inspection, I've kind of almost even moved into a second contract with the client as more of the property manager or the project manager, I should say, and bring in the HVAC guy or bring in the elevator guy or the parking lot guy and have them do their more intensive inspection if it's warranted and then give me the reports. And then I kind of compile them and, and, and then pass them on to you. I try to be that one stop, that one person. So you're not talking to 15, 20 different people. You have one focus. And then we say, oh, we need to talk to the elevator guy, or we need to talk to the plumber or the HVAC guy. And then we can just bring them in as to talk about their report or whatnot. So 
it's kind of a multifaceted thing. I mean, it could be part of the initial thing where I bring in all those people up front because you want a complete top to the bottom, no stone unturned type inspection. Or it could be something that says, I can do my inspection and then say, hey, you know what? We need to bring in the elevator guy. And here's why. And then they come in, do the report. I'm there with them. And they give me the report and I kind of do a summary for you and and pass it off to you with their recommendations. Got it. And so you're also a data for yourself. And growing up, you saw your grandfather who had his construction side of the business. And then your dad also went into construction. And then for you starting your own business as well, how do you involve your kids in that too? Or do you expose them to what you're working on as well? Oh, yes. Yeah. All four of them love to wear my hats and they want me to get them shirts that say home inspector on them with my <laughs> company logo on it and and stuff. So probably this spring, I'll, when I do another purchase of some marketing stuff with hats and shirts and all that type of stuff, I'll include some kids stuff so they can wear it to school. And because they're very proud of it, that their dad's a home inspector and a commercial building inspector. What is like the main question that they ask about what you do? I don't know. We've had conversations from how is your inspection to what do you do and how do you do it? And how do you do a home inspection is the one, or how do you do a commercial property inspection? So I have to break it down to their level when I answer and say, well, you know, somebody bought a house or somebody's buying, wanting to buy that commercial property and they want to know if there's anything wrong with their house. So I'm kind of like the doctor when you go to the doctor's office and they check you out, like, and it, one of my daughters has medical needs with her stuff. She gets that analogy, my eight-year-old, and she gets that analogy. And I say, oh, it's like going to the doctor, you know, the doctor checks you out and then says, oh, we got to go see the specialist. And I said, and that's when you get your CAT scan and your MRI and your x-rays and all that. I said, so you come to the doctor, which is me. And I check your house out and check you out, make sure everything's good. And then if need be, we refer you to a specialist. I said, but on the commercial side of things, what's really cool with that is I get to do the doctor side of stuff and be the inspector, but I get to bring in my friends who are the specialist, you know, to look more intently at the, the heat, the way the building gets warmed up in the winter and the way it gets cooled off in the summer or the parking lot, make sure the parking lot is good and, and fits what it's supposed to do. And then they really like talking about every now and then, because I did one recently where I had to do an ADA inspection and they liked to hear about that. And they're like, oh, so you make sure that people who have wheelchairs and, and have need like a walker or something can get into a building and out of it. And I said, yep, I make sure they get in and out safely. So having con the conversations with the kids is pretty awesome sometimes. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting because... um especially with kids, I get surprised by like the kind of questions they ask and you're like, oh, you're paying attention more so than <laughs> I expected. Exactly. And they pay more attention than most adults do sometimes. So how has real estate investing impacted your life, Tom? Well, to be honest, I'm actually at the beginning of that journey. So actually physically investing in and holding real estate property, I'm just starting that journey. But investing from an inspection standpoint, it's been very rewarding because I've gotten to meet a lot of awesome people like you and 
a few others. And so right now I'm investing time and knowledge into real estate. And the return that I'm getting on that is been very beneficial and has me kind of excited about taking the next few steps over the next few months here in this in 2022. So I'd like to ask you just a, a quick question. If you had, let's say you're inspecting a commercial property, you had 15 minutes to just inspect like top level inspection. What would you inspect first? Oh, only 15 minutes in a commercial property. Well, maybe we'll just give it I'd half an hour. <laughs> I'd first say they were nuts, but I would definitely check out the structure and the HVAC system and the electrical and do it as quickly and safely as possible. But yeah, whoever gives you only 30 minutes on a commercial <laughs> inspection needs to sit down and have a cup of coffee with me and talk about the ins and outs. But yeah, no, it would be the big stuff, the bigger stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I'd always keep bringing up the point. Why do we only get 30 minutes? What are they hiding? <laughs> what are they trying to hide? So yeah, I'd look at like the structure, the foundation type stuff, the HVAC systems, electrical, vertical transport, if there was any. And then if I had time, I would figure out how to look at the roof. Got it. <laughs> Thank you for playing with me though. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'd look at them and tell them they're nuts for only letting me have 30 minutes. (laughs) So then, you know, throughout your experience so far inspecting and within real estate in general, you know, what is the one thing that you know now that you wish you when you first started? Oh, that's a tough question. If I, that goes to, if I could go back in time, I would tell myself to start the inspection business a lot earlier than I did. Just because it's been so rewarding on the on both sides of the thing, the home, the real estate, residential stuff, and then the commercial stuff. It's been super rewarding. So I think I would just I enjoy helping people, I enjoy teaching people and and helping them understand what they're investing in. But I think I'd just say, hey, you know, go back in time and say, Hey, dude, start this now. I think I just say that I think that's what I would do. Got it. And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate? Their drive to help other people. Every person that I've met in real estate, you can tell the good ones are the ones that say, what can I do to help you versus, hey, how can I make this X amount of commission on this deal? So, and then the elite ones are the ones that do that to say, hey, how can I help you? But then how can I help you and could care less if I get anything in return, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because especially with in this space, it's all it's a lot of it is about relationship building. And it's not a one-off transactional type of relationship that we build around here. It tends to be you want to work with good people. And when you meet with good people, you want to establish long-term relationships with them. And you know, it's a win-win type of relationship where you're trying to add value and they'll eventually add value to you, but it's not looking to one-up the other person or make it a an unfavorable relationship. We in this space, you want everybody to to win. Yeah. And a great example, just even from the residential side to the commercial side. On the residential side, if something goes wrong or 
deal blows up. That real estate agent is like, oh, you're, you cost me my deal, blah, blah, blah. I'm never going to use you again, all this stuff. Or when the deal goes right, oh, okay, I'll, I'll probably use you again. And then on the commercial side of things, it, you know, just like you has just said too, is I'm building a lot of relationships because these are long-term strategies and long-term goals for people. And you want to make sure you got the right person working with you. And if, and I have had a few commercial clients come back to me repeatedly just because they like the way I handled the first time or the second time with them. So it's a totally different mindset and mind shift of relationship building and investing in each other without expecting that return. So Tom, if our listeners also wanted to find out more about you and what you're doing in this space, where's the best place that they can go? Uh, they can go to my website, which is my company, which is quality structural inspections with an S.com. And uh, there's a contact me page on there. There's also my phone number and email as well. And I'm on LinkedIn under my name, Thomas Sutton. My email is pretty simple. It's info, I-N-F-O, at qualitystructuralinspections.com. And I would love to have a conversation with you about anything related to the inspection side of real estate. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Tom. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, Check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sale and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.